Now, of course, the real uh, issue with Liz Truss and the reason her premiership collapsed so quickly um, wasn't because she failed to, you know, do good PR around the uh, the death of the Queen, but because she tabled uh, a series of policies which were wildly unpopular and were opposed not just by, you know, a large swath of the British people, but also by a lot of interests that are very close to the Tory party as well. And, you know, I started putting together a piece on Friday about the downfall of Liz Truss, and I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it because... It's Monday, and I just feel like the moment's already passed. It's like, she's such an <laughs> ephemeral political commodity that it's like, I should be writing about Rishi Sunak instead. But since I'm probably not going to write this, I guess I'll take this opportunity to share what the thesis was going to be, which is that, I mean, I think that the Liz Truss downfall was largely talked about, you know, it's just a matter of kind of rank personal incompetence. And that's obviously the case. I don't want to discount that, but I don't really think it's the whole story. I mean, you can look at the political communications out of Downing Street during Liz Truss's, you know, four weeks at the helm or whatever. And they're not very good, right? I mean, there was that press conference about two or three weeks ago where, you know, this was going to be the big reset and she came out and I think even with questions, you know, it, it was only nine minutes or something. She took two or three questions. Tory MPs were immediately briefing the press. Oh my God, she's just made it worse, etc. So, you know, there were a lot of political problems with Liz Truss, just kind of the basic level of political communications and messaging. You know, she tried to do a whole kind of Thatcherite, the ladies not for turning thing. And, and it turned out, you know, the lady very much was for turning. After all, she didn't do one big U-turn, which honestly probably would have mitigated some of the damage. She just like constantly did like these little U-turns where it's like, well, we're just going to claw back this one thing and keep the rest. Oh no, we're not actually going to do that either. And it's like, she just had no legitimacy after, you know, a month because, she, you know, her entire mandate or, you know, the whole, the, her whole kind of uh, initial program had been reversed. And the thing that she won the Tory leadership on the real problem, though, uh, underneath it all, and I mean, this is where ideology comes in. And to me, this is, you know, ideology informs the incompetence. And this, to me, is the real story of the downfall of Liz Trust, uh, is that she tried to basically do, you know, a lightning fast version of Thatcherism and remove from the, you know, original context of Thatcherism. I mean, it just doesn't work. This is your life now. This is our election now. This is us. This is our country. It's real. Well, I'm proud to say that I watched a movie for this episode, although as is so often the case, movie is a very generous term. Listeners will recall that on a recent episode, I watched a movie called Trump vs. the Illuminati by a filmmaker who goes by the name BC14, although I learned, I read that was his legal name, although he also goes by the name BC Fertney, which I think is probably more likely his real name. Um, this may be uncharitable, but he's made a lot of very cheap movies that seem designed only to generate clicks on streaming platforms. <laughs> his other films as director include Bigfoot vs. Krampus, Bigfoot vs. Megalodon, and of course, Bigfoot versus the Illuminati. Uh, uh, I wanted to know more about his work because Trump versus the Illuminati was genuinely, I, I mean, truly one of the most inexplicable movies I've ever seen. A movie that I just couldn't really fit into any box. I, I was just baffled by it. So I went back once again to the greatest of all streaming services, Tubi, where you can curate a selection of BC14's work if you want to have uh, a little streaming retrospective for yourself. Uh, and I watched a movie that he made in 2017 called Trumpocalypse Now, which is 52 minutes long, which was really what sold me on it. Uh, but I was interested, I was intrigued by this movie because the poster had these like action movie aesthetics. It has the White House engulfed by flames. And at the top of the poster, it has like the names of the stars, but it's Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump. 
and Hillary Clinton. 